Welcome to the AAA NFT podcast, all about affordable NFTs, bringing you from zero to 60 in the non-fungible token world without breaking the bank, with your hosts, Andrew, aka Rantum, and George from Mostly Stable on Zed Run, who will help you navigate new projects, interview expert guests, and explore NFT trends. So whether you're on your first or 50th NFT, we're going to have something for you. And as a quick note, we are not, I repeat, not financial advisors and nothing in this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Alrighty, disclaimer over, let's get to it. Today on All About Affordable NFTs, how big is the NFT market? The answer, 47. No, it's not. Exactly. I think it's spot on. (laughs) Rounded. Yeah. Good to talk to you again, George. Yeah, so we're we're gonna cover some news. We're gonna cover some projects. We'll probably remember to do all of those things inside of here. But just to start, we've got a little oh here. The U.S. government connects North Korea hacking group with last month's six hundred million Ronin exploit. As you remember, Ronin is the uh, currency underlying the Axie Infinity game, along with SLP, which is the earned revenue. So like. There was a a problem in there where, frankly, they got yoinked for all of their ETH that people were holding. They're going to be made whole because there's a lot of money floating around. So I don't know if there's anything else on this. Interesting North Korea, though. Yeah. There had been some rumors that it was probably a state actor around the time just because there was so little information coming out about it. And 600 million is kind of a large number to not uh, have a lot more uh, discussion around. So not too surprising if if you had kind of read some of that. It's the Lazarus group. They've been known crypto hackers in the past. So, you know, interesting. There's about 450 million tied to one address specifically. Unclear where the other, I don't know, 150 million or so is. All right. Well, anyway, let's see. We've got the next bit of news here. We've got news of Coinbase and NFTs. Cool. Sounds like Coinbase NFTs coming out, right, George? Stop it. You you keep teasing me with this and I'm done. I'm done with it. It's never going to happen. Not going to make it. Never going to make it. So they've got a three-part film series coming out with the Board API Club. They did, they announced this. Didn't seem to be huge news in the Board Ape world. It was bigger news in the Coinbase world, interestingly. And Coinbase did slip in there that their NFT marketplace is coming very, very soon. So... You know, they have a different uh, scale than some of us, but you know, maybe that, who knows what that means, but they are, they're at least um, finding a way to put themselves in the conversation with board apes at this point. Yeah. I mean, they've got the wallet app, which I think is actually much bigger than folks realize because it's tied to the mobile and it's tied to your ability. Frankly, one of the best and easiest on-ramps for uh, turning fiat into crypto at, at low costs and low friction. And, you know, even knowing what I know, I still use the Coinbase to my private wallet, you know, conveyor belt. What do you use actually to get your, to get fiat or are you just no longer moving stuff that way? Yeah, I haven't done that in a while. Move fiat to, to crypto. I'm got to Got a good, uh, good amount of crypto at this point and, and uh, move around in crypto much more often. But it, it, that is a good point, though, that, that they do have that wallet. 
And they do have a very long, oh, I even see that you just uh, made a note. They have a very long waiting list for their NFT marketplace. I've heard uh, it's as big as 4 million people at this point. So, you know, they, and the Coinbase NFT marketplace, I, I believe it will come at some point, you know, it is becoming a, a running joke around, you know, around the NFT world uh, because it has been such a long time and uh, especially as fast as things move in, in crypto world. Yeah, well, I'm not holding my breath, and I'm moving. I'm moving on from from hopes to, to sort of make, making other other plans. But when it comes, hopefully, it'll move the market because that's that's a lot of people to enter into it. Once you get an idea of how big the NFT market is and isn't, we'll get into that a little bit more uh, later on in the episode. Next, like uh, next story we've got here. Yeah, we've got Lego coming into uh, the metaverse. They've partnered with Epic Games. And they are looking to make a child-friendly metaverse, you know, so I think this will be uh, more in line with, I'm not sure if it, it, Roblox or the other one. Minecraft. <laughs> Minecraft. That's actually the one that I'm more familiar with, you know, but they're, and then I think from what I know, uh, Minecraft is much more actually kid safe than Roblox is as a platform. So I'm sure they see that and uh, see an opportunity there. So interesting that they are getting into this Lego does, you know, it seems like it would work uh, with a lot of the, uh, the Minecraft style of building um, with blocks. They could easily, you know, use a Lego like block to, to build in the world and partnering with Epic certainly gives them a uh, big leg up in getting started here. Yeah. Well, we'll see. And you're talking about this next generation of just fully normalized to ownership and creation in on online ecosystems. I actually like that partnership. I like groups like that getting together as opposed to saying like, yeah, let's trust Mark Zuckerberg with our, with our kids in the metaverse, which is not the first line I'd maybe go for in, in, in my bet. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I, I do think that like has, has a, has a good reputation and, and will work to uphold that, you know, with a metaverse that is actually safe for kids. Yeah. I mean, in Epic Games, obviously that's the, the creator behind Fortnite. Which, you know, say what you will, like it's guns and whatnot, but they have really brought the multiplayer battle royales to to the foreground. And also, I respect the heck out of that massive donation they paid to Ukraine the other month, like totaling, I think it was over 80 million. So hats off and respect. They know how to manage youth in an ecosystem. Absolutely. All right. One more news item here. We've got another company entering the metaverse, another uh, fashion apparel company under armor this time, a, a gear I'd say, but uh, Nike, um, Adidas, and now under armor are all very active or sorry, Nike and Adidas are already very active in NFTs in the metaverse. And now we're seeing under armor also getting into the space. So, you know, as we've been saying, you know, I think this is just going to become every company has some sort of metaverse play at some point and it won't be such news but you know at this point we're still you know i think it is still somewhat headline grabbing when when these companies do make plans yeah and this tweet in here the nike recently announced 6.7 million robox robox players had visited the virtual nike land store talk about attention and you're talking about attention in these digital ecosystems so brands are definitely waking up because they realize where the next generation of consumers uh, are spending time and might be making. All right. Well, let's uh, move on to our affordable project, George. You've got another one for us today. And what do you have? So for a change, it's not soccer. 
How about that? Well, wait, so it's gotta be a stable, stable base game, right? It's a kind of, but no, not even a stable base game. So I've been watching, and you've probably heard this before, Alluvium for, for a while. It's kind of like been in, you know, I got a lot of stuff on the side, in the side mirror, but essentially, you know, I could dedicate like many, many hours to the lore of what's being built around Alluvium, but they have technically not launched as a full game. They are going to be a, think of it as what the next brand of Pokemon will be in the metaverse and its most exciting implementation. And they've got uh, a tremendous discord right now. They don't have anything in the NFT land that frankly I would be getting into, but they do have uh, a token. And it's that sort of dangerous game of token to fund the the game. But, you know, right now, just looking at the overall just size internally, they've got, I believe, something like, you know, 42,000 folks on YouTube, 290,000 on Twitter, and then what they call survivors, 194,000 in there. So they've been under development for a while. Now, the sort of reason I'm bringing it up now, they've got Alluvium ILV, ILV token. And, you know, you, you can look at the price and move around, but I think the play right now is to potentially look at getting in at whatever your size is for some of that Alluvium token because they have just launched their staking V2. And so they're staking V2 earn yield on that, but also sort of kind of be ready once once the play starts launching and they've got a, a game launcher that's going to come. It's going to be a desktop downloader and they've got some amazing graphics and art here. And they have a fully doxed team and they've just, they've been building for a very long time. Look, the risks of this, as I've said before, are like, you know, when game and you sort of play this game of like waiting and, but I'll tell you a good time to get in is like a team that can execute and finally does launch will, and they do sort of hit part of this, like be able to capitalize on a community ready to go. And look, there's going to be the next Pokemon, the next branded catch them, breed them, interact in this multi-game world. They've got all of the game dynamics really planned out. And it's, uh, there's going to be a winner. I don't know if it's this one or not, but it's something that I'm kind of watching the side. What do you see about Alluvium from, from where you stand? So I've heard this one talked about a lot and, you know, I think it gets, it's, I don't know if it's getting a lot of attention, but it's certainly getting mentioned in a lot of NFT circles looking, that are looking ahead to what's coming. Uh, like you said, there's not a ton there for NFTs at this point. So it is kind of playing on the future. That being said, I think it is, you know, it's somewhat overlooked at this point. And, you know, if they are able to, you know, to, to make this work, even if it's, you know, I think you have to be, you have to be wary that any of these games are going to run into the same problems as, as we've seen over and over that they're going to go through a, a, a good cycle and then maybe, you know, run into problems. But I think that if you're aware of that cycle, there is an opportunity here. You know, it would be, I would, if the price does increase by a lot, I would definitely look to maybe at least, uh, move you know, move the original investment out and, you know, then if you are looking to hold long-term, you know, that would be the way that I would, would look to play this kind of one. Yeah. I mean, they've got, you know, some tremendous marketing goals, such as like Guinness book record for largest uh, pot for a game played, but they've got uh, the sign up for the auto battler private beta right now. 
where there's sort of testing and getting an idea of what's going on. So it may be a, a period of time where the the price is low, interest is kind of at a, at a point that might make sense to test it out and, and take a look to see if this might be something that, that takes hold. But obviously, yeah, like there's nothing better than playing with the house's money. Kind of building on that, I had some other updates that I wanted to throw out there of past projects. One, the Red Village, they are running active tournaments and I have been playing in them. I've been winning with some of them. I've got oh, nice. this guy who's got like a, a 50% win rate. He's a little drew. Was it R4? My R1 is not performing very well. Mary Winclaw. Interesting. Just, interesting. I don't know. I, she's, she's just not achieving like, like prior is. So I got a druid doing it. And it's actually, you know, it's, I'm, I'm really excited for them because I feel like I've watched their sort of story unfold for a number of months, but it's, it's, it's actually working. It's actually fun. The other one is Pegasi back to stables. You knew I was going to, I didn't talk about soccer or stables. So here we go. Yeah, uh, they have a super fascinating burn mechanic. So this has been the wildest ride I think I've ever been on for like peak value and then peak crash. Like it was so aggressive because of the. And uh, you own Doge. So I think that's really saying something. <laughs> I've ridden some waves. I've ridden. Yeah. And I own Doge. So that's thanks for disclosing that. That's great. Uh, Sorry. Is that, uh, was that not? <laughs> I at least, I at least took my initial, I, I followed my own rule to take the initial investment out. So I, I did something smart there, but there's a different universe where I made a lot more money, but I still believe in Doge. I'm not. Anyway, what happened with Pegasus is they sort of ran up in the price for the, the base currency. And then, which is called Viz, if you want to track it and you can kind of look at the story and it's like crash. So it was up at like 25 cents and then it's like down at like, you know, 0.04 cents. So Pretty, pretty epic uh, bottom falling out, which is just the nature of play to earn games that expand in breeding, right? If the breeding is increased, you can see it every single time that effectively there's no other side of the market re reason to keep it. What they have done is recently roll out and they did this on April 14th. So it's been a little while. So it'll be interesting to take a look at where the market is. Have created a burn mechanic for general pegas, so the base pegas the pacers that you have to burn to and admins to get a epic and to get a rare, to get a legendary. So they have this sort of, you have to burn more to get more into a higher tier that'll let you earn more. So they've actually sort of re-architected the whole way that the token will be earned. And it sort of is going to neutralize this like massive breeding problem that happened where the proliferation of, you know, very low tier horse pegas got introduced into the market. So I'm optimistic and it might be interesting if you um, kind of heard me talking about it to take a look at like this inflection point where things are at the Flory Flory McFlorerson and, and seeing what's going on there. Uh, and one of the tactics might be I'm, I'm looking at looking at undervalued founding. So, you know, remember the don't buy what you can breed founding and or potentially the, the legendary, which are now uh, of higher value because they can earn a heck of a lot more than the other ones. So. Um, very curious. It's a team that develops and does stuff, but you know, nothing, nothing like seeing game dynamics play out right in your backyard and saying, hope that works. All right. Andrew, how big is the NFT market? Go. All right. Well, not very, I would say overall. <laughs> there we go. 47. Okay. Good job. Talk you know, this was something that I've 
I don't know, it, it came up, it came up recently when I was looking at, I guess it was on Twitter and someone was talking about how they're at an NFT event and asking others if they knew how many uh, active users were on, on OpenSea. And, you know, at this point, you know, everybody seemed to be way off and, you know, there's about 500,000 active monthly users on, on OpenSea. And to put that in some perspective, Instagram has 400, 545 million monthly active users. Discord has 121 million. So when you think about the fact that, you know, every NFT project seems to have a Discord at most, you know, maybe there could even be double if people aren't actively trading. But even if there's a million NFT holders using Discord, there means there's another 120 million using Discord that aren't NFT that aren't using OpenSea on a monthly basis. So this is, you know, it really puts it in perspective how few people are actively trading NFTs on a monthly basis. And I think that's, it's really important to consider here. You know, there's a lot of talk of like, is it over? Is it, I shouldn't say a lot of talk. There's always discussion of, you know, with new, with new technologies of whether, you know, a, a bubble has been burst, whether, you know, it's, it's all over, whether it was just a fad. And I think, you know, when you looked at this, we're seeing that the numbers are growing, but it's still it's still quite small, you know, at, at 500,000 users, we're talking about, you know, more like a, you know, a relatively successful iPhone app or, or mobile app of some sort, you know, that's, that's what the numbers are at this point. And granted, you know, we're talking about things that have, you know, you have to actually be spending to be an active user, but that's, you know, that's, that's not that hard once people get into the crypto the crypto crypto world and have their their wallet um ready to to move some crypto around and into nfts yeah something like the total active so you're i think you're you're right to look at like monthly active because there's like people that maybe got dropped one thing and then like left it alone and like ran away from it but it's like anywhere from a million to 1.4 million but in terms of active wallets it is so so small that yeah like when we were talking about how like yeah, the liquidity could be pulled out by one project because, by the way, there's there's only half a million of us running around with ETH doing this sort of thing, which, you know, is a good reminder that this is still very, very new in terms of an adopted technology. But yeah, there's definitely hype. There's definitely going to be pullbacks. But I got to say, like, when I hear from, you know, different people in, you know, various podcasts and interviews of like, how when they first realized that this is the ownership layer of the web and how excited they got and how they found these communities, it is a, a type of excitement that I just don't see like going away. So it's very sticky for the people that get into it and enjoy it. And it kind of like pulls people in in the same way. I'd say that like it's apt to compare it to a social media platform where it is, its experience is improved by the the you know, N of number of nodes in it, right? Extra people in it create extra value and it accrues in that way. In the same way, I think is is true for a lot of these discords and NFT communities. So there is a, uh, a virality, a K factor here that um, is positive and seems to be trending up, though they're going to certainly be dips uh, along the way. But, you know, it's hard to argue like the run up that you saw in 2021 continuing, but I think it can easily be done when you look at, again, 3.7 now 4 million like people on a waiting on you know the thing is right the waiting list the waiting list is now about 
eight times the size of the number of monthly active users on OpenSea. Uh, that's 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 a lot of people that are waiting. To Even if in. half of them fall into a coma and say, I don't feel like it, that's still <laughs> four times the amount of monthly active users. Four times the amount, not necessarily of maybe liquidity, but certainly individual purchasing, which gives me more hope for some of those longer tail projects, right? If the folks that were interested in buying the like the top 10s, like, oh, I got to get my Azuki, I have to get my board ape, like they would have already done it. I think this is much more about the, the retail interest of getting into NFTs in a safe, vetted way that is not the wild west of OpenSea. Yeah, I mean, I think there is, I mean, I think there are a lot of people that will actually end up on OpenSea after trying out maybe Coinbase NFT. You know, we've seen this happen in the past that, you know, it can lead people to, to other platforms, but certainly having a, I don't know, a safer platform to try it out on initially will make it a lot easier for people to at least take that first step and understand what it means to own an NFT. And like you said, once you do own it and understand the the ownership and, and how that plays in. And I think you, it's so much easier to understand by actually interacting with these. So, you know, I, I do think that Coinbase will have, will have a, a big marketplace and a big effect, but I think it will also bring people into the space, um, or into OpenSea and into some of these other, uh, more decentralized, I, I, not that OpenSea is, but these other marketplaces that are maybe not custodied, such as Nifty Gateway or, or Coinbase and make people more willing to try these out after they've had the experience of actually owning one of these in the safe environment. Yeah. I mean, obviously this is super cost prohibitive. So on the contrary to this, like the, the cop to saying like, look at Instagram, it's viral. Look at like Candy Crush, there's 119 million people. Like, frankly, the, the starting point for NFTs is, can be embarrassingly high for certain projects. However, you know, Solana got listed. I am the first one to say I am I'm not a huge fan of the Solana ecosystem, but as projects of higher quality jump onto that platform, you know, like, yeah, you're going to be able to get in quite easily for like under a hundred bucks and play a different type of game and interact there. And so it'll be really, you know, it'll be exciting when it happens and we'll do an emergency podcast and say, oh my gosh, it's happening. We have another note in here though, around the, the total value. So it's like a different way of measuring the NFT market. So we're talking about but how do you look at the sort of value, quote unquote, of so this is yeah, you're right. This is so this is another way of looking at it, and this is uh, specific to crypto art, digital art, and not uh, necessarily NFT collections. But uh, cryptoart.io um, is a site that tracks NFT art, and they value they have an estimate of about two point eight billion for all of all of digital crypto art, um, not that sold last year, just the total value. So the, just to put that one in perspective, the volume for traditional art for all art last year, including digital was 65 billion. So we would have seen, let's see, almost well, 22 X or so the, uh, we would have to see the 22 X, the turnover of all of the digital art for it to equate to that much. So there's just a very small amount that's well, a small amount of art, but also a very small amount of value that's currently on, on the blockchain and in NFT art. So I think that we're going to start seeing that change. I think there's going to be a lot of traditional, uh, art collectors and art institutions that are moving into crypto in the future. 
you know, especially as more, as more users come in, you know, it becomes a, I don't know, a more meaningful piece to hold. And, you know, as you said, as the, when the, I don't know, a big inflection point in the metaverse will be when these digital goods become more meaningful and more, and, and therefore more valuable to us than uh, physical goods. And you know, I think that's what we will see with some of these physical arts, sorry, these digital arts over time. I just don't see how that isn't the future of this. And it's weird because I, I, I sometimes have to like look for alternative narratives to be like, oh, all of this is going to blow away like the wind. It's not going to save. I'm like, I'm not going to save that thing that, by the way, has to sit in a warehouse or behind a screen that you can't ever see, but it sits over there. As opposed to like my ability to use this in the metaverse, use this in the real, like I can put it up on a screen here and be like, hey, here's my art. I mean, I went over the other day and I saw your art rotating the wall and I'm like, I'm very jealous. I'm going to get one of those things, but I'm going to get the next version that gives you a little more control. Oh no. (laughs) I'm going to get the V2. I'm going to get the V2, but I just, I think... Just to come back to it, this is the early adopter stage. If you look at adoption cycles, we're in a, a micro hype moment. Let's just be very clear. But we're in a hype moment. 90, 95% of, if you look at the top 100 projects, gone, go away. If you, if you look for the next five years, will they still be around? However, I think in the overall market and in playing into it, saying like, this is something you have to pay attention to. And that's what gets me excited about this. And, you know, it's, it's why I got fired up to do this podcast, because I think this forces me to do the research and, and pay attention to it and also stay with it because there's, I will, I will say weeks where I'm kind of frustrated at decisions I've made quite a bit. And like, that's the other thing. It's like, it really stings. Like when you, you know, you buy a dud horse and you're like, why did I do that? Right. I mean, if you think about the fact that anyone can, you know, can basically try to sell at any point. And, you know, even in these companies that are, you know, in these, or in these projects that are trying to build something early, you know, it would be akin to someone saying, yes, I'm ready to invest in a, you know, at a seed round. And then maybe two weeks later saying, you know what, as it moved fast enough, I'm ready to sell. And <laughs> that would be, you know, that'd be kind of crazy, but that is kind of what we're working with in NFTs. So it's a, we haven't really had this sort of liquidity to a marketplace you know, and, and all of these different projects trying to do I mean, so many different things at the same time. I, you know, I don't know that there's an apt comparison to look at for, for what we're seeing in NFTs, right? I, I struggle, you know, you have to kind of cobble together a bunch, uh, to get there, but, you know, also saying like, okay, if you're an early adopter, early adopter phase, or about to go through a bit of a trough and a pullback, fine. But long-term, like, where are we now versus where is it going to be? You know, I hear me talking about games nonstop and like trying to, you know, guess on soccer, but the, the, the smartest thing recently uh, is kind of picking up on your lead of, of looking at capital A art versus PFPs, things that are created by artists that are really defining the art movement of this time. Like I'm still very much long on that. And I think they're, they're getting overlooked. They truly are. I'm really excited. I picked up a, a Sarah Zucker piece from that Ash chapter two and I also picked up and so you know I'm, I'm pretty pretty happy about both and holding on to, to both for a little while and it's because they, I know they're going to continue to create and I think that there's like a moment in time where certainly maybe it goes up and down but long term it sort of epitomizes like a type of artist at that at a moment right now that I hope that like one I'd want to display it it's kind of cool and, and two sort of survives. They're like, oh, it's not part of this PFP project that the community went away. Like the community is people that 
identify this as art created by an artist in this moment that is uh, typical of a, a style and format that was Serica this time. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, that's great. I mean, they, those are two artists that have definitely shown dedication to their work. And uh, I think you can be pretty comfortable knowing that they will be around here, be around in the space. Interesting. Uh, interesting to note the, the, um, Dead Fellas artist is also a female. So you, so you invested two of the, uh, oh. uh well-known females in the, uh, in the space. So you're giving a little hint on our next, uh, our next episode. Oh, I don't want to give oh, away too much alpha. Don't want to give oh. All right. So how big is the NFT market? Keep in mind, very early, 500,000, though you'll see like numbers like a million, but monthly active users, what we care about, people throwing things around and a lot more to come. Obviously, when, when Coinbase is the elephant in the room, but it continues to grow. Yeah, if you are, if you are in NFTs at all right now, you are early um, in the space and well ahead of many others. And there's uh, I don't know, a lot, lot to come, I would say. So, you know, feel free to hop in our Discord. We encourage you to hop in our Discord chat. Oh, get us some projects. Stop me from continuing to find horse, horse related. If you have, if you have, honestly, if you can find something that relates to horses and playing soccer or something, please bring horse, it to George. Horses playing soccer, you immediately get in our Discord at 3 a NFT and you bring that to me right now this has been an episode of the triple a nft podcast all about affordable nfts the episode notes and resources may be found at 3anft.com in our show notes again 3anft.com and that reminder don't bet what you can't afford to lose Remember, we are not financial advisors and nothing in this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Thanks for joining us. I hope you learned something.